If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to Proverbs chapter 9? Tonight we're going to be continuing in our study of Proverbs, looking at chapter 9. Chapters 1 through 9 kind of make up the first major section of the book. And then the rest of the chapters, 10 through 31, the second half. And they do differ. Uh, but the overall purpose of Proverbs is the, the same throughout the entire book. And that is that we will be challenged to attain the wisdom of God and be transformed from simple, immature to mature, wise believers walking faithfully with the Lord. Since wisdom is an attribute of God, there are a few uh, implications that come along with that. One, there's no way for us to separate wisdom from God. Wisdom describes his character. Secondly, it is God who sets the standard for what is wise and unwise. So not, not culture, not scholarship, not even us, but God is the one who sets the standard for what is wise. And thirdly, because God, wisdom is an attribute of God, everything that the Lord is going to do, is doing, and has done, has been done from wisdom and through wisdom including creation. And we've seen that through our study of Proverbs as we've gathered wisdom literally from, for every aspect of our lives. And tonight we're going to see wisdom for how to make wise decisions. Tonight, Solomon in our text draws our attention to two familiar characters, Lady Wisdom and Lady Folly. Lady Wisdom is a uh, personification of, of wisdom And she leads and is representing the way of life. And Lady Folly, well, she represents folly. And they're both calling out to us and inviting us to join them. But it's up to us to choose wisely. And Solomon's going to walk us through that. So starting in verse 1 in chapter 9, let's begin reading. Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her beast. She has mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her young women to call from the highest places in the town. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. To him who lacks sense, she says, come, eat of my bread and drink of the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and live and walk in the way of insight. Whoever corrects a scoffer gets himself abuse, and he who reproves a wicked man incurs injury. Do not reprove a scoffer, or he will hate you. Reprove a wise man, and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man, and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. For by me, your days will be multiplied and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, you are wise for yourself. And if you scoff, you alone will bear it. The woman folly is loud. She is seductive and knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house. She takes a seat on the highest places of the town, calling to those who pass by, who are going straight on their way. Whoever is simple, let him turn and hear. And to him who lacks sense, she says, stolen water is sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. But he does not know that the dead are there and that her guests are in the depths of Sheol. 
Brothers and sisters, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your wisdom. Holy Spirit, would you be here tonight, take your word and apply it to our hearts. Father, it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. A few weeks ago, there was a documentary released entitled, It Ain't Over. And it is a documentary that follows the life and legacy of Yogi Berra. Now, I'm not a, uh, a baseball fan, um, but I've heard of Yogi Berra. I, I know that he you know, played for the Yankees. Uh, that's about it. But as I heard more and more about him, I was surprised to know how much I actually knew about Yogi without actually knowing, knowing it. Uh, so if you are familiar with the cartoon character Yogi the Bear, um, that's actually based on Yogi Berra, surprisingly. Uh, but besides being a, you know, all-time great catcher and having a staple cartoon character based on his personality, he also contributed some pretty iconic quotes that many of us probably know and just didn't know that it came from him. So I'm going to give you a, a couple examples, and I guarantee you they're going to either sound familiar because you've seen them on TV or you used them yourself. First one, it ain't over till it's over. Right, that's, that's the title of the documentary. The second one, it's like deja vu all over again. And then the last one, which is probably the most interesting one, when you come to a fork in the road, take it. When you come to a fork in the road, take it. Kind of has a, like a Disney channel feel to it, right? Life comes at you fast. And you have to make a decision and you don't know what right from wrong. And so, you know, just follow your heart, make a choice, it'll all work out. And, um, I mean, in life, I mean, that's true sometimes, just make a choice. You just have to make a choice. Like, after church tonight, what are you going to eat? You just need to make a choice. But if you've made at least three decisions in your life, you know that there is a reality of making the wrong choice. And every choice has a consequence. And so it's vital to not only be able to make a choice that is a skill, but even more importantly, it's the skill to be able to choose wisely, to make a wise choice. In our text tonight, we see Lady Wisdom and Lady Folly. And both are personified characters representing two separate ways of living. One, wisdom, we have on the right. Lady Wisdom, at least to to life, and then on the left, Lady Folly. And the challenge is going to be, which one do we choose? Do we choose Lady Wisdom? Do we follow Wisdom, or do we follow Folly? Well, how do you make any choice in life? If you are a Taylor Swift fan, a Swifty, as I heard that you guys are called, how do you make the choice between reputation and, and midnights? You listen to them. I won't listen to him. You'll listen to him. You'll hear what Taylor is singing about. You'll, you'll weigh your options, and then you make your choice. That's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to listen to Lady Wisdom, hear what she has to offer, weigh our options, and then we're going to listen and consider Lady Folly. And hopefully, by the grace of the Holy Spirit, we'll be led to choose wisely. And so let's begin by first considering Lady Wisdom Looking at verse 1, we see that wisdom 
has built her house with her very hands. And this is drawing our attention back to chapter 8, where wisdom is described as a master workman. She has hewn her seven pillars, meaning what she has built is both sacred and complete. She has taken the time to slaughter her beasts. She has mixed her wine. She has also set her table. Lady Wisdom is completely prepared for her guests. And literally everything from the food to the venue to the seating arrangements have been prepared by the very hands of Wisdom. And with everything prepared, she sends out her young women to go and call and to gather up her guests. Now, what I want us to notice here is that the young women that she has sent out to go and gather up her guests, these women most likely represent the uh, prophets and apostles and, and really anyone who proclaims the gospel, which is the wisdom of God, being sent out to gather up her people. And notice where they are placed. They are placed in the highest points in town. And so this invitation isn't, isn't hush-hush. Right, this, this proclamation of wisdom, this invitation is being made for everyone to hear. But notice that it's addressed to a specific group of people. It's addressed to the simple. Now, who are the simple? If you remember that the simple aren't necessarily people who, who hate God. Or they, they, don't, they aren't necessarily people who, who hate wisdom. To be simple is, is just to be oblivious to reality and, and the, the true state of your, your spiritual life. To be simple is just to be content with the way things are. And if we were to be honest, many of us may relate to that, where we, we hear God's word preached, we, we hear Lady Wisdom calling to us, but it has no real impact on the way that we live and in how we make our choices. Maybe we think to ourselves, you know, I'm, I'm healthy, um, my family's doing well, I'm, I'm making good money, I, I think I'm all right. And that is what it means to be simple. It's just, to, it's just to have your head in the clouds. And Lady Wisdom says to the simple, whoever is simple, let him turn it here. Come, eat of my bread and drink of the wine I have mixed. Gary Nosner is a uh, retired head of the FBI's uh, negotiation unit. And back in 2010, he wrote a book called Stalling for Time, My Life as an FBI Hostage, Hostage Negotiator. Real profound title. And in that book, um, he gave one of his key principles to doing negotiations. And, and listen to what he says. He says, when you're trying to gain access to a party who seems to, not, to want nothing from you, you will be wise to build trust through active listening and rapport building with the goal of gaining influence. Groundbreaking, right? Literally, no. It's, it's like, duh. Like, if, if I want something from you, it would make sense for me to want to be your friend first, to, to build some, some trust before I just ask for whatever it is I want. But especially for, for believers, if you consider yourself a follower of Christ, like this should just feel like 
plagiarism. Because we have the word of God and we can look at the life of Jesus. If you are familiar with uh, Zacchaeus, right? Very common story, or at least a story that most are familiar with. If you recall Zacchaeus, tax collector, everyone hates him. Zacchaeus probably even hates himself. He's small in stature, so he, he climbs the tree to see Jesus. And what does Jesus do when he crosses his path? He looks up to, Z- to Zacchaeus in the tree, and he invites himself over to his house. And all the religious people around are upset, asking, why would Jesus associate with the chief tax collector? But that's been the ministry of Jesus throughout the gospel. He's constantly reclining at table with sinners. But if in negotiation, all I do is gain your trust, the negotiation is eventually going to fall apart if I don't have anything of value to offer to you. So the question is, what did Jesus have to offer Zacchaeus? You don't have to turn there, but Luke chapter 19 Jesus invites himself over, and then Zacchaeus, after spending time with Jesus, begins to enact justice on behalf of the people that he's ripped off, and this is Jesus' response. Today, salvation has come to this house, since also he is a son of Abraham. What did Jesus have to offer of value? Life. Jesus is the bread of life. That is, that is what he had to offer to Zacchaeus. And that is what Zacchaeus wanted. And we ask the same question with Lady Wisdom. Yes, she is inviting the simple over to, to eat of her bread and to drink of her wine. But what does she have to offer in that? It's life. And so when we look at this entire section of Lady Wisdom, it isn't just an invitation to a nice meal. And it isn't just an invitation to this beautiful house that she's put together with her very hands, but it's, a, it's an invitation to live and to have abundant life. With that being said, with every function, with every party, whether it's a birthday party or a, a movie night, a wedding, especially, especially a wedding, creating the invitation list is the worst part. Because as you create the invitation list, at the same time, you're also creating the uninviting list. And in verses 7 through 12, we see those who are not invited to Lady Wisdom's banquet. Verses 7 through 12 is describing a scoffer. And a scoffer is is worse. He's worse off than uh, a simple-minded man. A scoffer is, so we look at the, the simpleton. They, they aren't, you know, shaking their fists at God. They're just an airhead. A scoffer, on the other hand, their heart is hardened. You look at verses 7 through 12, you can't tell a scoffer, you can't correct a scoffer. They won't listen. If you try to reprove a scoffer, they lash out at you. you they don't receive instruction. But all of those are really just symptoms on the surface. If we could take a a spiritual x-ray or or MRI and see into the heart of a scoffer, what we will find is, yes, a hardened heart, but a hardened heart that has been gripped 
with pride. And if we look at, look at how the, the scoffer is, is contrasted with the simple, with the, with the, uh, with the wise. A scoffer is, uh, does not accept correction. He lashes out. Uh, we're advised, do not reprove a scoffer or he will hate you. But you can reprove a wise man. If you reprove a wise man, he will, he will love you. You can't give instruction to the scoffer, but you give instruction to a wise man, he will be still wiser. If you teach a righteous man, he will become that much more teachable. He will, he will actually learn. So if we see that over here on our left, we have the scoffer and that person is arrogant. Their heart is hard. They're unteachable. They don't receive instruction. And then on our right, we have the wise, humble, receives instruction, wants instruction, wants correction. How do we begin to cultivate the heart of the wise? If, we, if that's what we want, how do we actually get there? Well, if you look at verse 10, that question is answered. The fear of the Lord and the knowledge of the Holy One. The fear of the Lord, we, we know, is not us afraid of God, right? We're not, we're not shivering in our boots. But the fear of the Lord is, is reverence of God and, and a healthy respect. And it's when the fear of the Lord is the driving force in all aspects of your life in the way that, that transforms the way that you live, it went when... The fear of the Lord impacts the way that you work, when it impacts the way that you navigate your singleness or your engagement season of life, when, it, when the fear of the Lord impacts and shapes the way that you treat your spouse and, and raise your children, when the fear of the Lord shapes the way that you steward your finances, and when the fear of the Lord shapes the way that you live out and express and experience your sexuality, which we'll talk about later, you are living and cultivating the heart of the wise. But how do we get the knowledge of the Holy One? Um, if you would look back at verse 6, leave your simple ways and live and walk in the way of insight. This verse I don't know if you have this note in your Bible, but in mine, you can see that this can also be translated, leave the company of the simple. This morning, um, as Todd was preaching, he talked about the awkwardness that, that he feels, and I'm about to feel right now, when the preacher is week after week uh, preaching on the importance of faithful attendance to church that it can kind of feel like, oh, here we go, the, the preacher telling us to, to come to church. But Todd made the point that it's actually in the Bible. Like, we're not making it up. It's, it's, it's in here. And I think we see it here in verse 6 that it's not just leaving the simple ways, but it's leaving simple company. And if we know that God has not created us to live in isolation, but has created us to desire and to experience community, if we are being called out of the company of the simple, where else are we being called to? 
And I would state that we are being called into the company of the wise, the company of those who have been redeemed and restored by the blood of the lamb, that we're being called to the church, a local church. And it is the attendance week after week after week of corporate worship that begins to shape our heart and we begin to experience the knowledge of the Holy One and then our hearts are being cultivated into the heart of the wise. Now, after considering the description of the uninvited, let's also hear Lady, with, Lady Folly. And the first thing you're going to know, notice is that the invitation of Lady Folly is very similar to the invitation of wisdom. Lady Folly is loud. She is seductive. She sits at the door of her house. She takes a seat on the highest places of the town, just like Lady Wisdom. And she is calling to the simple, just like Lady Wisdom. But whereas Lady Wisdom offers life and abundant life and covenantal faithfulness as pictured in the, the, the bread and the wine, what does Lady Folly offer? She offers stolen water and bread eaten in secret. Now in Proverbs, uh, to, to drink this, it uses this metaphor of drinking from your own cistern. And what that represents is the intimacy between a husband and a wife and the, that they share together. And so to drink from a cistern that does not belong to you or to drink stolen water is adultery. Lady Folly is inviting the simple to adultery. And it is really the same advertisement that we see in our culture today. To, to come, come indulge, come, come experience sexuality without any restraint. Come, come feed your flesh and get your fill. And then bread eaten in secret. It's the, it's the same thing. It's, it's taking and enjoying something that you have gained unjustly. And we see in our text that, yes, that is, that is bad. Obviously, we know that. But Lady Folly does give some truth in this section. Actually, two truths and one lie. The first truth is that stolen water is sweet. That bread eaten in secret is pleasant. For a season. And that's because of the one lie. The one lie that we see is actually a lie of omission. It's, it's the lie that a child tells when he breaks an expensive vase at home. And instead of telling his parents, he just decides to hide the pieces under the mat. It's the same lie that the serpent told in the Garden of Eden. Yes, if you eat of this fruit, you will know good and evil. But what did he leave out? What is Lady Folly leaving out? Yes, stolen water is sweet. Yes, eating of bread in secret is pleasant. Yes, eating of this fruit, you will gain the knowledge of good and evil. 
But what she conveniently leaves out is that those who accept her invitation all have one thing in common. They all end up dead. And we see that in verse 18. We're talking about the simple who accept this invitation, but he does not know that the dead are there and that her guests are in the depths of Sheol. So on one hand, we see Lady Wisdom is inviting us to experience abundant life. And on the other hand, we hear Lady Folly making a, a similar invitation, but an invitation to death. When you come to a fork in the road, take it. Every day we all have to make a choice, life or death. Life, wisdom, death, living, and folly. And there's both good news and bad news. The, the, the bad news is that our nature is to actually choose death. That is our natural bend, is to, tr- to choose the way of folly. And if you read the scriptures, you, you, would know, you know that most people will end up choosing and accepting the invitation of Lady Folly. So what's the good news? The good news and the reason why we can be encouraged tonight is that when Jesus came to that same fork in the road, he chose obedience. He chose the way of wisdom and him choosing obedience led to his death, but it led to our eternal life. And that is what we remember tonight as we come to this table that yes, we are by nature naturally bent towards the way of folly, but we can rest in one who came to the fork in the road and on our behalf chose wisely. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and the wisdom that we find in it. We thank you for a Savior who, when faced with the choice of wisdom and folly, chose wisdom. Holy Spirit, would you apply your word to our hearts? Would we be people who are cultivating a heart of the wise? And God, would you bear fruit in our lives that lead us down the path of wisdom to experience abundant life in you? It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.